Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 13, Vacationing in Jersey with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And Smitty has some info about a new partnership with ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, be able to watch the Bruins on ESPN Plus by signing up for ESPN Plus on the InsideTheRink.com website. I have ESPN Plus, and I love all the out-of-market hockey games, college hockey, soccer, college basketball, college football, the bowl season's happening now, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Again, that is ESPN uh, on InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and and uh, sign up and it'll be good yeah. for you. Go, go ahead. There's all sorts of six and six football teams out there just battling just like hell. Battling, battling like to hell. Get, yeah. To get win number seven. Yeah. I mean, it's, sure. Yeah. And then <laughs> they'll all hop in the transfer window and it'll be bedlam. Yeah. I'll tell you what you watch on there is watch the UConn men's basketball team. They are a hot as a fire pistol right now. They are. They are or a little bit of a wagon. Car. They weren't uh, yeah. They weren't real big going in to the season, uh, unranked to start the season, but up to right. number two in the polls right now. And I'll tell you one thing. This guy right here put some money on the UConn men's basketball team to win the national championship Ooh. with pretty good odds. Many moons ago? Many moons ago? Many moons ago when they oh, were unranked. Nice. Okay. So I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, hopefully, yeah. you know they continue to play well, and uh, it all works out for yeah. uh, the Smitty. Oh, that'd be that'd be terrific. Then it would have be all sorts of partying involved. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, for sure. Uh, all right, week in review. A couple of weeks in review as we've been off a couple of weeks, but here we go. Uh, December fifteenth versus the L.A. Kings. Way back when, uh, several moons ago, mm-hmm. a three to two loss and a shootout at home. Uh, the Bruins don't play great, but lead two to nothing after two. They blow the two to nothing lead on a rebound that hops over McAvoy's stick and an absolute gift from the refs, a borderline at best call on Clifton, then a trip on Carlo just six seconds later. That happens all the time in every game. Uh, the Kings score on the 5-1-3, and then Trevor Moore wins it in the seventh round of the shootout. An absolute joke. The Bruins did get a power play at the end of regular, uh, regulation time and into overtime that they completely wasted. Uh, zero shots in that power play. It was a tough loss that had um, that they had in hand and should have won if the refs didn't have the Kings on the money line. <laughs> yeah, we're all about the betting right now. Yeah, all about yeah. the betting. Yeah, I mean that was a, that was a tough game and it, and it did seem like the Bruins had it in hand until the the refs kind of gifted them a 5 on 3 that the Kings took advantage of and then ended up winning it in the shootout. But uh, you know, a tough luck loss. Um, and you know, those things will happen throughout the course of the season. Yeah, Kings all, one of only two teams to beat the Bruins in any way. At TD Garden of uh, the season. Uh, then on December 17th versus a bad Columbus Blue Jackets team. It's a 4-2 to two win for Boston. They dominate 5-on-5, five five, but continue to take too many penalties. Columbus cashes in twice on the power play. The Bruins do as well with goals from Pasternak and Krejci. Hall scores on a delayed penalty, and then Nosek, 19 seconds later, puts it out of reach. Swayman really good in this one and comes within inches of scoring a goal, a goalie goal, with a Columbus goalie pulled 
uh, just by the post. Bees get the win, but still have things to clean up there, improve at the time to 16-0-2 at home. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Swayman uh, Swam score that. It really was within inches of of going inside that that. Uh, far post there um and it would have been nice to see uh for him to for him to get that but uh yeah he he's been playing a little bit better of late since mm-hmm. he's uh come back from the uh from the injury there a little dinged up mm-hmm. and and his game is kind of rounding into shape so that was nice to see but the bruins really do need to clean up that penalty penalty situation that's been an issue for them all year long and it mm-hmm. continues to be now it does. It, it continues to be so. And at, at one point, I think it might be right around there still. They're top 10 in penalty minutes in the league, and they really can't continue to do that and play with fire. They have the best penalty kill in the league. It's a good thing. After a while, you know, it's uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Because they would be giving up more goals for sure. Uh, December 19th versus the Florida Panthers. 73 win. It wasn't a great start again, but the first period turns on a Clifton goal. Then Carlo gets his first of the season, and Charlie Coyle scores as well. It's three nothing then four nothing early in the second you think it's going to be a laugher but florida scores three goals in five minutes and 40 seconds and all of a sudden it's a game bruins were completely dominated in the second period outshot 19-7 Allmark makes huge saves to keep it four three and then crazy gets the one right to to gets the one back to right the ship makes it five to three bruins end up getting two more goals bergeron with four points martian with three points and the Bruins improved to seventeen zero and two at home in that one. Yeah, again, uh, you know, some some kind of careless play in the second. They get dominated there in in a game that they should have won. You know, easily going away, and they kind of let another team climb back in. That's been a little bit of a uh, of a thing for them of late. The Kings, you know, were down two nothing, climb back. This Florida team was down four nothing, climb back in and make it a game. So it's a little bit of an issue here for the Bruins, you know, of late. And it's something that they need to clean up. Their starts really haven't been good either uh, lately. Uh, you know, you'd think they, you, th- there's been some games where they have like a few good shifts in a row and you think they're okay. And then, you know, it kind of spirals and, you know, something bad happens and, and they get behind the eight ball. But, uh, you know, a couple here, a uh, couple things here that the Bruins need to, uh, clean up. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, December 22nd versus Winnipeg an upstart Winnipeg team has played better than people thought coming in. Bruins win three to two Bruins start slow again. First two shifts were great. And then it was all Winnipeg just get two goals and carry the play lead two nothing in the second. The Bruins pick up some steam after they get a gift. Felino fires a puck in and hits the stanchion bounces right out in front to Parsonak for his 22nd of the year. B's get a power play goal from DeBrusque a little later in the second, and a great tip of a pasta shot pass. So it's 2-2 going into the third where the Bruins usually shine, and they did so in this one. Felino gets the game winner. After a couple of nice plays from Frederick and Coyle, really nice win against a tough and hot Jets team who was 7-3 in their last 10. It was 10-1 when having a two-goal lead at any time in a game. So it was a nice way to end the homestand, and the Bruins still haven't lost at home uh, all the way through Christmas now at 18-0-2. Yeah, it was a good win against a, a Jets team that was hot coming in, um, you know, and they have great goaltending with Hellebuck and and uh, some some really good forwards. So uh, yeah, it was a really nice win against a, a good team that was that was playing well at the time. Yeah, and uh, you know, the Bruins get that win, and then back to back, they go to New Jersey for the first time uh, on on December twenty third. So this is a tough one, you think? Devils are waiting for the Bruins to get there, and a really good 
team that that at one point this season won like 13 in a row or something. They were mm-hmm. they were just uh, they just picked up a lot of steam midway through the year. The Bruins trail one nothing after one. You think that this might be one of those scheduled losses, uh, but a terrific second period that has them score four goals and they lead four to one. After two, Bruins carry the play but allow two goals to make it a game late, then survive a Devils rally late. All in all, it's a good win, a second of a back-to-back against two quality teams. Yeah, it was. Uh, this really was a scheduled loss again on the road um, after finishing up on homestand, so they have to travel, uh, go down to play a really tough New Jersey team that's fast, they're skilled. Um, Lindy Ruff has them really playing well. Uh, so it was a really nice win. Uh, on the road against a tough Jersey team. And then on December 27th, they're at Ottawa and a similar team to the devils, really a lot of young talent, some speed, uh, and the Bruins lose three to two in a, in a shootout loss to Ottawa. Uh, Cam Talbot was the story. 49 saves. Some of them absolute 10 bell sparkling saves. The Sens get a couple of bounces, including a no call and a too many men that leads directly to the Sens second goal. Beast tie it late in the third and the Zaka goal. Uh, and the Beast have 27 shots in the third. They're most in a period since 1989. And Talbot steals the extra point. Uh, again, the Bruins losing the shootout. 0-1-1 against Ottawa in Ottawa this season. That's it. It's interesting. Kind of weird. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's like they yeah. can't win in Canada or something for some right. reason. <laughs> right. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, Talbot was a story. Uh, the Bruins win that one going away. If if any kind of normal goaltending. Uh, but Talbot was fantastic, made some unbelievable saves in that one and, and really stole that game for the Senators. Yeah, he did. And, you know, the Sens of, you know, they beat the Bruins early on in the year, seven to five, and then were able to beat them again here. They seem to get up for the Bruins a bit. Uh, Alex Debrinkit, I thought, played as well as he's played with Ottawa mm-hmm. uh, in that game. Uh, they have some good young talent. Um, and I thought the Bruins, again, you know, just came on strong in the third and, and, you know, my, my thoughts on the, on the, on the too many men thing, I think you have to call it just because it leads directly to a, a great scoring chance. And goal. exactly. Like that, I mean, that's to the, I mean, I get the whole incidental hits the guy skate and it's nothing he can really do. And it probably wasn't intentional, but for God's sakes, it's an extra guy that it hits and leads to a goal. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it hits him, and then he passes, and then he throws a perfect saucer pass to a guy right. to go in on a breakaway. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, you have to call that, in my opinion. I mean, that's whether it's intentional, a guy jumps on the ice, and, and you know, the other guy's going off, and it, but he was there, played the puck before the other guy got off the ice. So yeah. that, in my opinion, is too many men, and it should be every day of the week. Yeah, it, that, that's that's too many men, and it, it should be called, and it, and it was not, and the Bruins uh, were not uh, the beneficiaries of that non-call. Uh, and then, again, a second and a back-to-back in New Jersey, uh, and tonight it was a 3-1 to one win, and I, I thought, you know, a real gut check win. I mean, I'm, I'm, I should stop looking at social media during the game, but, uh, you know, on Facebook especially, not as bad on Twitter, but on Facebook especially, people just complaining and bitching and moaning about, you know, they're not playing well, they look like they're not interested and so forth and so on. Like, this is a long season. They've been unbelievable this year, as good as I've ever remember 
in the 50 years I've watched Bruins hockey. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, their second night of a back-to-back against a team who they just beat five days ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they're ready to play and ready to win. It's a f- playoff atmosphere. It's tight checking, fast and physical, a lot of big hits, fight between Freddie and Bull. Uh, you know, Boston takes the lead in the second on a goal by Freddie on a sweet drop pass by Lindholm, who was incredible all night, I thought, and I, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jersey ties it in the third. But Boston scores on a great tip by Bergeron off a Lindholm shot that was just an unbelievable tip. It really was. To, to give him a 2-1 to one lead late. And then Zaka, a great effort to get the you know the icer on the empty netter when he's get hauled, he gets hauled down and then stands up and scores it. Just a really, really good win, I thought, which, which again was another scheduled loss. You could have lost both these games in Jersey, and I probably would have been okay with it and understood yeah. it. Uh, and the Bruins find a way. Almark was ridiculous again. He's 21 and 1, 21 regulus, regulation loss and one overtime loss on the year. And he's playing out of his mind. Both goalies now seem to be playing tremendous hockey for them. Yeah, I mean, Almark all year long has been their backbone. Like when they've needed him, he's come up with huge save after huge save. It was, it's, you know, it's like we. We've always harped on, you know, the goaltending. It's when you need the big save and they make the big save when you're in, you know, when you're struggling a little bit or when you turn the puck over or, um, you know, different things. When you break down, when you give up an odd man rush. And he's been there all year long for them to make the big save when they really needed it. I can't really think of a game where you're like, oh, wow, Allmark's been kind of shaky in this one. Like he's just been nails all year long. Um, front to back, been tr- just tremendous, and uh, he he was excellent again in this one, and he needed to be. He made a blocker save on, uh, I think it might have been he's here, um, mm-hmm. on a like a cross crease kind of pass that he had mm-hmm. to dive across, and then got a piece of it with his blocker. I mean, just an unbelievable highlight reel yeah. save um, mm-hmm. against a against a really good hungry Devils team. That it really was a playoff atmosphere. It was a tight checking, mm-hmm. close game. The whole way, both teams were flying. They were big hits. Mm-hmm. Both teams were into it. They were focused. They were physical. Uh, there wasn't a lot of space out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was, you know, it, it was just a, a real, real good hockey game from front to back. And the Bruins, you know, found a way to come out on top on, on, on what should have been uh, a scheduled loss because Jersey was waiting for them out of the out of the break. They didn't mm-hmm. have a game. The Bruins had to play last night and then fly this morning and then play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good effort from the bees in this one. Yeah, and I thought in the third, you could see the bees getting tired. Like, you could see it. Like, they, the devil's really carrying play. They get the goal from Hischer in the, in the front of the net, a really nice passing play, right? Bang, bang, play in front. And it's it looks like the ice is tilted. They even talked about it on the broadcast. And then the Bruins just get that big goal from Bergeron, mm-hmm. you know, flip it at the net, tip it home, and, um, you know, and then kind of locked it down after that. Like, they, they finished the game well. And all marks at the tone i thought early on it was a break in maybe three minutes yeah in the game. was three and a half Guy's minutes in. Yep. in and he's glove save like, yeah try doing that i mean my gosh <laughs> yeah like, right just, off the hop just just yeah, just a just 10 beller to glove because the, yeah i mean the the crowd was ready to explode like they were was, they yeah. they you know if he doesn't make that save it, it's probably a totally different game you know the devils oh get out early they have a lead they've they're already flying and uh, they would have been going even more. So it really was just a huge, you know, momentum kind of saving save from, uh, from Walmart there. 
Yeah, it was great. And he's like you said, he, there hasn't been a time. I mean, Swayman's had his issues, but there hasn't been a time when Allmark has been anything less been, than spectacular yeah. all, all season long. It's been a really amazing run for him. Um, all right, Seven Chirp, sponsored by Lops Brewing, Lobster Brewery and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Specializing in small batch ales and lagers, it's open seven days a week. And you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lobs Brewing for new beers and events. In Chirp 1, the NHL is considering overhauling its schedule. Team owners and executives have recently discussed efforts to create more games between uh, geographic rivals and ultimately generate more money, potentially adding two games to 84 games on the year. So your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know about adding the two additional games. I mean, maybe they need to do that to balance out the schedule, but hockey's already a grind. I mean, the NHL playoffs is the is the toughest grind to win a championship in all of major sports. Uh, I don't know if you need to be adding games. If, if anything, I would go less games, uh, not more games, but they'll, they'll never do that because of the money and the TV rights and all that stuff. Um, the geographic rivals thing, I'm all for that. Like, if you want to play the Canadians more, you want to play the Maple oh, yeah. Leafs more, you want want to build some of that hate and some of the rivalries between the teams that have played against each other for, you know, years and years, you know, the Red Wings and the, you know, all that stuff. You want to build some rivalries between, uh, you know, division opponents. I'm all for that. Uh, I think they should overhaul the playoffs, though. I don't think you should have to play within your division to get out of, you know, your division and and into the playoffs. I think it should be the eight best teams like they do in other sports, Uh, you know, division winners and then the other the other best teams, I don't think they should mm-hmm. still uh, still do it that way. Um, but if you want to do division rivalries, I'm all for that. You know, let's let's build yeah. the hate and and the and the vitriol between the teams. Yeah, I mean, this is something we talked about Chris Nyland last week. Was that you know he, the the rivalry between the Bruins and Canadians gets watered down? They only play three times a year. Yeah, and if they don't play in the playoffs, you just you don't have you don't have that hatred. It just kind of dissipates, mm-hmm. you know. And and you don't have like they had more of a rivalry with Toronto because they were playing them in in yeah. the playoff series. Yeah. But I'm with you, like I. I it, Let's you know if anything. Let's not extend the regular season. Let's let's you add a couple more to the playoffs. Like I like I don't want more regular season games, but I also don't want to play you know Columbus the same amount of time as Montreal. Right. Like play Montreal like six times and mm-hmm. then figure the rest out. Like you know do like an NFL type schedule where you play a team maybe once or twice, and then maybe the next year you play them you know, three or four times or something like that. But I just, I don't, I don't love, I don't love the the schedule the way it is now. And and largely because, you know, the original sixes just don't play each other enough anymore. Um, And it's, that's, that's bad for hockey. I think I I really do. I, I, you know, if you're like, like, like Knuckles said, if you're running Arizona, Minnesota on (laughs) rivalry night, that's a tough stretch. (laughs) It's a a tough sell. It is. Yeah. That's a tough sell. It is. Um, So I am, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, Trip two: Bruins penalty issues, keeping bad teams in games, cost them against the Kings. They let a terrible Columbus team hang around their Achilles heel right now, for sure. In my opinion. Oh yeah. 100%. It's, it's taking penalties. And, and like we said earlier in the, in the episode, the, if their penalty killing isn't as good as it is, they have more losses than they have right now. Sure. Just because you can't keep taking minor penalties, putting yourself shorthanded and, and expect 
to uh, to not give up goals. So uh, if they keep this up, it's going to bite them in the ass at some point. So hopefully they can clean it up before the uh, before the playoffs come around because they can't keep doing this and expect to uh, to win deep into you know April and May and June. No, and a lot of them are like just kind of just kind of sticking fractions that yeah it is just kind of you know just kind of stuff that's either lazy or if it's trying to get makes a play that's not there or trying to last gasp effort to hook a guy you know stay in the play this kind of stuff it's just kind of undisciplined um so i i don't I think it's a. I think it's sort of an issue, and it's hard to say that when they have the number one penalty kill. Yeah. But at some point, the law of averages come back. You know what I mean? At some point, you're going to f- hit a tear there where you aren't do- penalty killing very well. Yeah, I mean, if you're they, sh- they have to stop doing. If that. you're shorthanded six times a game, it's going to eventually bite yeah. you. Like you, you right. just can't tire your penalty killers out like that, you know. And then no. that gets your other guys that don't penalty kill out of the flow of the game. And, you know, there's a, yeah, Yeah. there's a whole, whole, you know, series of issues that, that stem from that. So they really need to uh, really need to clean that up. Yeah. If you want, if you have 12 minutes of penalties and that's, that's 12 minutes, David Pasternak doesn't play. Right. Exactly. You you, you don't, you don't want that. You don't want that at all. Exactly. Um, All right. uh, Trip three. Kale McCarr told the official he wasn't in fact tripped after the referee made the initial call. Thoughts on the honesty being the best policy (laughs) and what would happen to McCarr if he played in Montreal? (laughs) I don't know. Would the the police arrest him like they wanted to arrest Jara after the after the hit? I Uh, I mean, taking a penalty off the board for the Canadians in Montreal. If he if he had been in Montreal playing for the Canadians and said, no, no, he didn't. He didn't trip me. No, he he may have been. He may have been you know killed in the streets after the game or something uh i mean that's i mean i I guess it's it's good i mean sportsmanship is good i suppose but uh you know as a professional as a professional athlete uh i think you just leave the officials job to the officials so if they call a penalty whether you were tripped or not tripped you take that penalty you're trying to win the hockey game so you yeah. take the penalty and say, "Thanks, sir. I'm, you I'm, you know, it's unfortunate you're blind, but you know, let's score a goal now." Yeah. So I, I, I don't, yeah, I'm with you, you. you know, yeah. I'm if I'm him, um, you know, congrats to his parents for raising a nice young man, but right. let's let's take the penalty. Let's go on the power play where you're dominant, Kale. Mm-hmm. You're dominant right. on the power play, so let's go on the power play and get a goal. Now, let's say this: you you can bet your bottom dollar that at some point this year, Kale McCarr will be in fact fouled, and they won't call it. Yeah. So it, so there's going to be a balance there. So, exactly uh, you know, right. There's going to be times when he is fouled, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, can you call that? I was fouled." So they're not going to say. And they're going to say, no, no, "Oh no, no, you're right. You were that way." Yeah. yeah you're right. You way. were you were fouled. Uh, you know that's a penalty on the other team. They're not going to say that ever. Seeing that happen. after the game, you know, after the whistle. No, they're not going to play like another thirty seconds. And Kale skates up to the guy, you know, at a at a when the puck goes in the crowd or something. I was like, "Hey, he yeah. tripped me on that play." And you're like, yeah, "Oh, yeah, me. you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're right. Penalty not on that guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thirty seconds know. ago, if he was if he was like playing like soccer, like Premier League soccer. I mean, they flop all over the. Oh my god, place. they try to buy every call. They do. Like that's and that's why I'm talking about Montreal. They 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 embellish every little thing for yeah. the history of the world. Um, and they would not like the honesty of. <laughs> no, they wouldn't for sure. Uh, trip four, Craig Smith was put through waivers. Is now back with the club. Are we going to see any moves to lessen the cap burden? Uh, I mean that they they need to do something here. 
especially at some, at some point the rubber meets the road, right? I mean, Mike Riley is, you know, playing in Providence. Yeah. Can't be too happy about it, you know, and then, you know, Smith, you know, you have to play this game of putting guys through waivers to buy a little, I guess the, the waiver profit process here bought them like a hundred grand. Yeah. I mean, every time they do that, it buys them a little bit of money. A little bit. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's all well and good. Um, but I, is that going to get you enough to make a deal at the deadline? I'm not sure I, it is. I don't so, so you you really need to, at some point, you're looking to trade Riley or you're looking to trade Smith and, and looking to add mm. some pieces. Uh, you know, if you're really going to make a run here, uh, they have enough to win it now, I think. Um, yeah. But it certainly wouldn't help to add some more depth. And if you can get mm. a really nice depth piece mm. for not too much uh, and you don't have to give up too much, then then they certainly should do it because, you know, like we've talked about, this is, you know, kind of the end of the road here for Bergeron and Krejci uh, coming up pretty soon. So uh, now's the time. If you, if you're looking to win the cup, you gotta, you gotta go all in here. Yeah, you have to. And I think if you don't, if you just kind of, if you don't make a bold move, I just think it's, it's everything going against what you said you wanted to do. And that was to try to win this last cup. And if you don't win it this year, you may not win it again for another five, six, seven years. Or who knows? Like it's you're in a you're in a tough spot. So you have to try to go for it right now. And I think people would understand if you went for it and and you know missed it by a hair or won it, people would understand. I mean, I, I, you know, largely they would. Not the knuckleheads that watch them or don't watch them. But uh, chirp five Bruins strengthen uh, player vetting process. <laughs> Following completion of an independent review following the uh, Mitchell Miller debacle, the team says the report showed no misconduct by the team at all, uh, but recommended a series of steps to be implemented. Your thoughts on this? Uh, you talk about debacle. <laughs> this is this is exactly that. I mean, you knew it was going to be this when what, when what they is, when... like what again? I'm going to go back to what you said back when we talked about it in the very first episode after this happened. You said. Just say we fucked up. Correct. That's all. That's, That's all. all you got to do. That's it. That's all you got to do. But they yeah. don't. But but here it is. The team says the report showed no misconduct by the team. Yeah. So some asshole <laughs> said to sign this guy, and they were like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." But no one screwed it up. How did no, no one screw it up? If he if no he misconduct. was signed by the team, by the way, he's still under contract and being paid. I believe he's been paid a couple hundred thousand dollars yes. now. Yes, he has. Uh, yeah. So he's still on the he's team. Get paid through the end. Like, yeah, he's he is. Let it happen. Yeah, he is. Yeah, because they they can't do it. They can't get rid of him just to get rid no. of him because it's collectively bargained that way. You can't right. do that. And, and they knowingly with his history, they signed him. Right. Like. There's, there's no, there's nothing the ground to stand on here for them. They there isn't. It up. They screwed they just, it up. They didn't think people would have that much of an issue with it. They thought there'd be a little bit of backlash, but they didn't think it would catch on the steam that it did. It's no. obvious. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious. But how, but how they could say that there was no uh, misconduct by the team in this uh, yes. because somebody signed the guy. So somebody if somebody him. signed him, then that right there is the misconduct is the, right. is the bad decision. Somebody made a bad decision because yeah. the guy is on the fucking team. So, so you can't, so you can't say that no one made a bad decision because yeah. the guy is on your team. The guy yeah, is on was, your team. It was Cameron 
Neely. Yeah. He, he, because you, even in the press conference with Sweeney, who said, boy, you know, we know we're sticking our neck out here. We're not sure how this is going to end. Like he even said that. Yeah. It's in not so many words in the press conference. Then you didn't hear anything from Sweeney at all after it happened. Nothing. And all you heard from was Neely. It was Neely who fucked it up. Like it was just Neely who said, yeah, let's go get this guy. And they did it. And it was a complete ridiculousness. But now, it looks like even more of a dog and pony show with the whole vetting process and some law firm, whatever the fuck, who, who knows who this person is that they spent <laughs> money on to find exactly what they thought they'd find. Yeah. We screwed it up. Right. Like, for God's sakes, what are we doing? <laughs> the law firm gave them what they wanted to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You guys messed it up, but no one, it's no one's yeah. fault. No one's fault. It's no one's fault, yeah, no but one's you fault. you certainly screwed it up, and you should change your vetting process. But but yes. no one no one messed up yeah. because they followed your your bad vetting process that you have now. But that's not right. your fault because they followed yeah. the process. It just wasn't right. The vetting it's all process good. Is you should make a better fucking decision. <laughs> yeah, that's, the vetting process vetting. is. Yeah, yeah, I fucked up. Just yeah. raise your hand, say I fucked up. Right. It's my fault, I mean, the and then it would be over. Oh, see, the amount of teams and the Red Sox do this now. The Bruins have done it. Like oh the amount God. of teams who try, who try to avoid PR disasters by creating a bigger one. Yeah, is insane to me. It really like, is, and that's what, exactly what they did. Yeah. That's exactly oh what yeah. Yep. It's just, let's keep talking about it. Let's keep it in the news. So now everybody rolls their eyes as this vetting process thing. Mm -hmm. No results, but we're going to take steps. Okay, what steps if there was no misconduct? Right. What steps do you have to take? Yeah, if there's no problem, no one did anything wrong. Why, why mean, do you got to take any steps? I mean, they just think, they just think people are idiots. It's just, it's, it's laughable. It really is. Um, all right, really, really six, Matt Grizzlick has had his struggles. Yes. Maybe a result of his injury last season and being a little timid, maybe with the shoulder. Do the Bruins need a top four D? Yes. Okay. There you go. Boom. I, do, uh, I, think, so I, I think so, too. I think he is a very good regular season player. He hasn't been playing up to his potential so far this year, I don't think. I think him and McAvoy both, uh, the last handful of games, have struggled. Um, I think I don't think McAvoy's been real good with his uh, you know with his breakouts and with his decision making no. uh, of late. Uh, I don't know if that's being partnered with Grizzlick or not. Grizzlick certainly struggled. They both turned the puck over in the D zone a little bit. Um, yeah. But Grizzlick in the playoffs, if you look at his playoff um, you know stats, it's not good. He's a no. minus player in every year of the playoff. Like, it's yes. just not very good. He he gets no. taken advantage of in the playoffs against bigger, stronger guys. Uh, and, the, and the beating over the course of the season catches up with him. So, to me, he's a great third-pairing guy, but you yes. already have Forbert and Clifton there. Yeah. So, to me, Grizzlick comes out. And I said, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Zaboro go in just for a game or two. He wasn't great earlier in the season when he got his chance. Uh, no. but And he's coming off an injury as well. But maybe, you know, he 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 kind of steps up and, and plays better than he has been playing. Like he played at the end of last year before he got hurt. Because uh, that could be a guy, you know, he's a little more solid. He's sturdy. He can He's a puck mover as well. But he's got a little bit more size to him, a little bit more physicality to him. So I wouldn't mind seeing him step in, but if you if 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 that's not an option, if those guys aren't options, you need to you need to grab another guy in in the top four in my opinion that that can fill some minutes there. Cause you can't you can't burn Lindholm out by having the guy play, you know, thirty minutes a night. 
I mean, no. he's already he's already close to twenty five a night, uh, and and you just can't right. you just can't have him do that and have him be as effective as you want him to be. No, you and and I'd like to see them go with McAvoy and Lindholm as a pairing as we get closer to the playoffs and in the playoffs. I'd like that, and someone has to play with Carlo. And Carlo has been better. I mean, he's, he's been fine. He has been. He's been fine. And, and I think it's largely due to the fact that when he has to take time off, he gets rusty quick. He's a, he's a big stay-at-home defenseman. I think he's played, he's played a number of games consecutively now, and I think he finds his game after more reps, like after more routine scheduling. Like he's in the games, mm-hmm. and he's starting to get – his feet under him and he's playing better. He yes. really is. He hasn't been a problem. So, but you need someone to play with Carlo in my opinion. And I'd be okay. And I like Matt Grizzlick. I think he's I a too. third pair guy. Yep. I think he's a decent puck mover. He's a very good skater, mm-hmm. but, and I like him, but the problem is in the playoffs and I've defended Matt Grizzlick before, mm-hmm. but if the problem in the playoffs is, is glaring, like it's real. So it is. And I would trade Grizzlick you know, to try to get, and I wouldn't even trade Grizzlick for a rental because he's only has one more year in his deal. Mm-hmm. I would trade him for a rental to get a guy in there that could be a little bit more physical, stay at home, whatever, and play with Carlo. And then you could play your top pairing, which you intended to have when you got Lindholm. So I think it's the one issue, the one issue the team has is it's a little shaky in the second pairing. And Grizzlick is the, is the issue. Would you, is, would you I, trade yeah. Grizzlick like Grizzlick low rye and a one to Arizona for Chikrin? I would, I would, because I again, would too. I, I, because again, I, if you, if you're going to go for it, you just have to go for it. I mean, they're headed for pretty much mediocrity, to slightly above average going forward anyway. They have, you know, a handful of these really good players, but they won't have the depth that they've had uh, right now. To me, going to, forward. To so, me, Chikrin is what you hope Low Rye would be. Right. So, like, if you, if you, you know, right. ex- extrapolate Low Rye out, to, yeah. you know, a couple of years from now, you want right. him to be Chikrin, like a left shot right. guy, good puck mover, physical, mm-hmm. big, um, yep. you know. That's what Chikrin is already. Chikrin's 23, 24 years old. He, he plays on the power play. He's a good puck mover. He's, he's a physical guy. Um, so that's what you want him to be. So I would be willing to give Lorai up and a one and even a second in Grizzlick. If you, if you want Grizzlick, uh, in order to bring Chikrin in and that really solidifies your, your top four, then you, then you're cooking with gas. Cause you, you know, you're McAvoy, Lindholm, Kylo, uh, Chikrin and Chikrin is a puck mover too, who would uh, pair nicely with Carlo, I think. Yeah, I, you know, here's the thing Chikrin is, like you said, what Lorai needs to be. What you want it to be. Just get the pre proven guy. Right, exactly. Trade off right there. That's what I mean. You're not going to resign, I don't think, after next year anyway. So I I don't think that's that big of a loss. I mean you're 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 improving that by bringing in Chikrin. He's got two more years left on a deal that's similar to Carlos. Like he's making like four million. Like he's got two more years left on it. So yeah. I, that's fine. Like that's great. And then the number one, I mean we know that draft history. I mean if, you know whatever. Plus you plus mean, who, who knows what that is. Plus I'm, it's it's probably thirtieth. Right. 30th exactly. You're gonna future. you're gonna be you're gonna be you picking know? at the end of the at the end of yeah, the first round, round, anyways. Yeah, really. So, so to me, 
you know, if you're going for it, go for it. Go yeah. for it. That's and a I've, go for it move that I think Chikrin is a Chikrin. I'd rather have Chikrin than Lowry. And Grizzlick is not what, you know, you need an upgrade there. So you send him. And then the, and then the first round pick is, is almost a second rounder. Yeah. So I do it. I do it. Would you do it if it was two firsts? Uh, two first low right a lot for Chikrin. I don't know. Uh, two two firsts is I think, a lot. I think someone else might pay yeah. two firsts. You think so? Yeah. Two two firsts, a top prospect and a and a roster player. Yeah, for Chikrin. I think. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's what from what I heard. That's what the GM for Arizona is asking for. Um, right. So I don't know. I don't know if he'll get it or not, but. Um, having a guy that's, I, I believe he's 23, 24 years old. Like he seems like yeah, it's, young. he seems like he, he's been in the league forever, but I think he's been right. in the league for four or five years. Cause he came in at, you yes. know, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. So, um, you know, to me, you take the proven guy. Like if you can get the proven guy, you get the proven guy. So, uh, I, I, I think I'm doing it cause I want to go for it. I want to win. I don't want to have any holes. I, I, am I'm, I'm willing to give up low rye. And his potential to get the guy who's already doing it. Yeah, I mean he's he's he'll be twenty five in March, um, and he's got sixteen points in seventeen games. He's a plus ten on a bad Arizona team. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You like, know, get the I guy mean, who's already proven that he can do it at this level. Yeah, and I, you know, and I and I believe he signed a six year, twenty seven million dollar deal back in the day. So he earns a base salary of four. His cap hit is four point six, not much different than Carlos. So no. this is not like a guy making eight million. No, and it, and and Grizzlick makes three right now. So if you yeah. if you bring Grizzlick out he makes three point six. He yeah. only makes a million more than Grizzlick. Yeah. And he's got two more years. Like, yeah. I mean I and you know what? You could probably convince me to give the second. Because again, the first rounder coming up in in June or whatever is going to be like 30, 31. Mm -hmm. It's going to be late. It is. And then the next year you might be okay. It might be 20. You know, that's, that's, that's not super high either. No, but I, but I tell you what though, if you, if you can, if you can make that deal and get that done, you Mm -hmm. have your top four defensemen locked up, locked up for, you know, at least the two years that that Chickering has right. left on his contract, but right. you have and McAvoy then, for then, right. The cap goes up. Hopefully, and you can pay. Yeah, Chikrin. you can pay Chickering. You um, yeah. you you have him, and you have McAvoy and Lindholm tied up. You have Carlo for another you know couple of years, and you have yeah, Chickering. You so you know yeah. you have a a good foundation on defense there mm-hmm. that you can build around. You can, and yeah, I th- I think you're right. I. And if you don't want to move on with Chickering, then you trade him. He's still at that time, 26, 27. Sure. Like you trade him, you know, and, and you see what that is. So I, I, uh, yeah, I, I have, I've gone like, I've kind of gone back and forth on this because I don't want them to stink, you know, right. And I don't want them to be bad. I don't want to be non contenders and they don't have a great prospect pool and I, at first I was like, boy, you can't trade Lysel and Lorai and these guys because now you, then you'll have nothing. But now I'm thinking to myself, just go win the cup. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I, I can live for another four or five years. Just go win the cup. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, I think that's what you need to do. And that's what they really haven't done a hundred percent. Like they haven't gone like full bore no. at it. Um, they always kind of have their one toe out. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think this year you need to do it. Um, all right, so chirp seven 
If you could make a New Year's resolution for the Bruins, what would it be? Okay, so I, I have a couple, and I'm oh, going back okay. and forth. Um, one is uh, stay out of the penalty box. Number, yeah. That's number one. And then number two, and I think the more important one, so this is the one that I'm going to go with, is have Linus Allmark continue his level of play for the remainder of the season. So Linus yeah. Allmark plays like this for the rest of the year. That's the one that I want. That's that's my mm. resolution. Have Allmark play at this level for the rest of the season. Because if he does, yeah. I think they're going to win it. They're going to win the cup. I yeah. think if he does play at this level for the rest sure. of the year through the playoffs, they will win it. Yeah. So I, that's, I don't see them losing so that's what I want in a series right? Uh, with him playing at that level. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see that at all. Because of their depth, the way they can score, yep. they have a top pairing defenseman. You know, they have, and then they have him playing at that level. I just don't see it happening. Like I just don't see it happening. Um, so I'm with you on that one. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to find someone who could score a shootout goal, so they continue <laughs> to not lose by, by uh, way of shootout. Yeah. The shootout, the shootout just sucks. The shootout, and we're gonna we're gonna get to the shootout because it's coming up, uh, foreshadowing. The shootout needs to go, and I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. Very very shortly. I'm with you. Um, okay, bro. Uh, bro beauties and Benders time. Uh, three beauties uh, this past week. Number three beauty, Maine Mariners goaltender Francois Brassard. And I love you. Eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Francois actually did score a goal. As Goalie a goal. For the main Mariners. Goalie goal. Let's go. He buried it. He buried it. Out of boy. Uh, and uh, congrats to him and, and Coach Wallen, uh, who we love dearly. We do. Uh, and they uh, and Francois was able to score that goal that Sway just missed. So that was nice to see. And the Mariners are playing good hockey, too. So that's nice to see as well. <laughs> uh, beauty number two, the Bruins penalty kill. Gonna love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Hey, it's number one in hockey, and thankfully it is. Yeah, they've needed it. They've needed it to be number one. (laughs) They've needed it to be number one because they've taken a shit ton of penalties. And I'll tell you what, I I think that, you know, obviously Derek Forbord is a big part of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like now they've dropped to two. They were they are at eighty four point three eight. San Jose is at eighty four point nine one. But San Jose has killed twenty two less penalties. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. So the, the Bruins have just have had to have had to kill twenty two more penalties than San Jose. Um, so yeah, but it's still it's still a great penalty kill. So kudos to the Bruins penalty kill. Oh. And then uh, beauty number one. Bruins home games. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Hey, if you have paid uh, half your mortgage to go to the Bruins games this year, you have been treated to some to many, many, many wins. Yeah, they've. I mean, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous how well they've played at home, uh, yeah. and now they're now their road record. I think they're ten four and one now on the road as well yeah, after are. after tonight's tonight's yeah. game. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously. Playing good hockey wherever they are, but uh, yeah. home TD Garden's been uh, been a tough tough place to play for opposing teams, and I hope it continues for the rest of the season. Yes, and I and I totally one hundred percent agree. I think that yeah, they they're a great home team, and hopefully they stay injury free and uh, they continue on. All right, the Benders now, and uh, yes, yeah, so you do the Benders, right? Sure. 
yeah, uh, right. benders. Uh, the number three bender is the offsides challenges. <laughs> I mean, the, the Bruins got a goal taken away the other night where it was the puck was on the absolute other end of the ice. Bergeron is trying to stay on size. His skate blade is like, I don't know, maybe an inch or two inches away from the line. Uh, and it's just a joke to me. Like I've, I've always been a fan of in baseball, the neighborhood play around second base. Sure. So when you're trying to double play, you yeah. get the ball there, you're in the neighborhood yeah. of the base, you know, yeah. you graze the base, you don't graze the base, you're around it, yeah. whatever, close enough. Doesn't really affect the play either way. Nope. Um, same with this. The goal was scored 33 seconds later, I believe, or 30 seconds later or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the play had nothing. The, the offside had nothing to do with the play. So uh, these offside challenges, we've talked about it uh, ad nauseum before on this, on this show, on this podcast. The goals, the NHL loves to just take goals away. Like we away. just, we yeah. just don't want any goals. No one score any goals. We don't like goals. We hate it when people score. Uh, so when you're off sides by, by a fraction of escape blade, we're going to take it away. And, and that's the letter of the law. And that's what we're doing. Replay has ruined hockey. As far as this goes, it should be goals only the offside thing. If your foot is over the line in the air above the line, that should count. If your foot is close to the line, and you don't affect the play one way or the other, that should count. It should not matter if it does not affect the play. If, if someone isn't passing to you or, or giving you the puck and you're not, you know, really, really offside, then it, then it right. doesn't matter. Like, if you're right. close enough, like, that's close enough, in my opinion. So, so I, I just feel like we should let the we should let the players play and we should we should want more goals to be scored not taking them off the board yeah, the NBA changed the defensive rules so that now the games are in the 120s. The NFL has changed all the rules mm -hmm. to, to favor the offense. So the games are in the 30s. You have to score in the 30s to win. Mm -hmm. And then the baseball loves home runs. Yeah. Like they've changed the whole game so that it's just home runs. Yeah, juice balls, the, the whole NHL, thing. Hates offense. Yeah. Hates it. Yeah. Just doesn't want goals. Nope. Doesn't want them. We will take them away at any chance they can. Like they salivate over it. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. And I'll say this, that particular play, Bergeron's going backwards. He's going mm -hmm. toward, he's going the other way. He's going he towards his own net. In that play yep. at all. Not a factor in that play at all. Not and at it's all. It's on the other side of the ice. Like you said, that's not, that's not the nature of the call to begin with the, the, the whole reason for reviewing offsides was blatant egregious offsides that led to a goal. Mm -hmm. Like you enter the zone way early, you get an advantage, you go in and you score. That's what it's for. It's not so that Bergeron's tearing his groin off his, off the bone to try to get back to the line. He has no, uh, he has no bearing on the play. At all. He's going the other way outside the zone. Mm -hmm. It's just not the nature of the call. It's not. And I don't believe in playing another 30, 40 seconds of hockey and then rewinding. Whoops. Yeah. Let's rewind it back 30, 40 seconds. It's just ridiculous. And it needs to stop. It I, needs to stop. I agree with you 100%. I, I just hate, I just hate it. Like, why are we taking goals away? Why are we taking goals away? I don't, I just, it's just unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. I think you should be able to kick them in 
uh, basically throw them in, lacrosse them in. If you if you can high stick it above your head into the net, good for you. I think I think think that should be a goal. Bergeron's goal, and and Eddie Olchek says, "Well, we have to look and see if that." Fuck no, we're not looking at anything. Yeah, he he, that was an incredible tip. That's what you want to see, right? You want to see elite players with elite hand-eye coordination scoring on a tip goal like that. That's entertainment. Like to me, I like who cares if it's above his head? Like who? Like why does why does that matter at all? In the least. If, unless you unless you high stick someone in the face, right. why does it matter where you anyway. where where you tip the puck from? Like that that it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Right. None, no sense. Again, we're, we're, if you're two inches above the crossbar, that's not a goal. So that matters. Two inches, your stick being two inches higher, that matters. That for some reason, that matters. I, I don't. I don't understand it. Like, I think. I, it, I think honestly. Honestly, I think it would help the referees out if they were just like, "Look, any any tip is fine. Any yeah, high stick, in, if you touch, if in. you tip the puck from anywhere, it's fine." Right. That way yes. they don't have to make a judgment call. Oh, was his, was the blade of the stick above the crossbar? Was the blade of the stick above his shoulder? It wouldn't it wouldn't factor in at all. They no. could just let it go and play. Right. Unless a guy whacks another guy in the fucking face, then right. then it's a penalty. That's but other than that, just Relatively. let him go. Let him play. Yeah. If you can tip yeah. a puck in that's above your head, good for you. Right. If most of those tips happen with a puck with a stick starts high and they come down. Yeah. So now you can't even tell. Like right. that one, Bergeron had it high, but then he didn't hit it till it was like waist high. Yeah. Like it didn't it didn't contact the stick until I mean, come on. Like this is like it's again. I mean <laughs> let's just take away goals. You know, this is everything zero zero. Claude Julian is is running the rules committee, it looks like. I just <laughs> doesn't like anyone's zero zero games. Yeah. Awesome. Can't uh, wait. All right, Bender number two. Go ahead. Uh, so Bender number two is the winter classic. I'm a Bender. So yeah, the- I have a bone to pick with the winter classic. Okay. I just think I just think we've we're done with it. Like I just think it's they've comp- it's it's just I I just think the novelty's worn off. The Bruins are playing their fourth one. Like I mean, okay. Like, I just I I'd rather I and they don't play it on New Year's Day. Like, it's just. What what are we doing? Like it's just I just don't think I just don't think it's this big event that it that it started to be. And I think this is one of those cases where everything kind of it runs its course. And I think in this fashion, it, I would rather see a night game with like lights, like one game a year outside with like the lights on, like eight o'clock start, like prime time. Like, give me that thing. Like with two of the really good teams in the league, like decide it later on, like play it in February with two of the best teams in the league. Yeah. They, but they, I, I just, I just, don't, I just think it's wearing off for me. They, they haven't handled it. Well, they, they haven't, they, they have all these heritage heritage games and all yeah. these other games. They have like four winter classics a year now. The, so yeah. so that that ruins it because well, other teams are complaining well how come we aren't in the winter classic well you're a shitty media market but the nhl right. doesn't want to tell you that that's why uh so you know it's it's always the same teams which is a problem i mean i love it i'm a bruins fan i'm going to the game i yeah. i can't wait it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome uh but you know y- you can't have the same handful of teams in the game every year and, and, and that's the second time at Fenway. Like, that's another yeah. thing. Like, that's, yeah. it's because John Henry bought the Penguins. 
and he right. owns a Red Sox, so it's going to be at Fenway. So it's yeah. like a little, it's a little, you know, thanks, John Henry, for buying the Penguins. Sure. Right. And, and that's all it is. That's the reason they're having the game in Boston at right. Fenway. Because he bought the Penguins. The Penguins are in it. Big surprise. And it's in his fucking ballpark. Big surprise. Mm -hmm. Against the local team who's an original six team. Big surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, you know, unless they can figure out a way to make it more of a spectacle, more of an original thing where they move the location around uh, better than they have been Mm -hmm. and put different teams in it, uh, it's going to, it is, it's the luster's kind of worn off. It has. You've had 10 or 12 teams who can't really play a game like this because they're just not cold enough. Like, it's, you can't play this in fucking Arizona. No. Like, it's just like, so I, I look, I, 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 I like the playing outside thing. I think it's cool. But at this point, it's just been overdone in the same teams kind of playing. Pittsburgh played in the original one, right? Buffalo. Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Was. Yep. And now they're playing again. They're playing the Bruins. Like, you know, and someone said, say, let's let's have the Bruins play the Rangers Yankee Stadium. Yeah, okay. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I just, it's just, it's just not a, as big a deal anymore. Like, I, I don't even feel like the hype is as big as it was anymore. Like, I just feel like it's just another regular season game where, you know, play an all-star game like in, in, in Minnesota, like outside. Like, that's, do, a, do that, that that's an idea yeah. that maybe they should do is play, play the all-star game outside. Yeah, play it like a pond hockey game with all-stars. Yeah. You know, with, with, you know, wearing their winter jackets and, you know, just out playing pond hockey with their winter hats, hmm. you know, just, you know, I'd watch that, you know, once or twice. Yeah. I mean, they, they really, they, it really is. They need to kind of make it more uh, special, which they kind of have taken away over the, over the seasons and, and whatnot. So, yeah, the, the hard thing is like, they can't play Christmas day because the NBA just controls Christmas yeah. day. And then sometimes the NFL's on Christmas day. So that's a, that's you know that's not going to happen, but maybe you can play it like in February, like I said, and just have a couple of teams playing a really big game like outside. Yeah, I mean that's why they didn't do it playoffs outside because it's June. Yeah, that's why they. That's why uh, this year on New Year's they they're not having it because the NFL is playing on the Sunday. Yeah, the NFL is playing. So so they play they play Monday afternoon, which you know. To me, do that, do that, then do that Monday night at eight or seven thirty, whatever. Do that prime time Monday night if you can't play on New Year's Day. Well, I mean, they ended up having to. They ended up having to do that for the Bruins game when they when they played the outdoor game in Tahoe. It was supposed to start in the afternoon, and because of the ice conditions, they ended up playing at like you know seven thirty at night or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, because they couldn't fucking see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, figure it out, uh, tighten it up, <laughs> get yes, things going in the right button it up, button it up, yeah. get things going the right direction. All right. Uh, Bender number one is the aforementioned shootout. Have a bender. I, I just hate the shootout. It, first of all, it's totally anticlimactic. It is. After you play an up and down three on three, like great save, two on one, two on one, two on oh, you know, great save, great save, great save. And you have guys go out there and just throw wet farts at the goaltender that 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 only go in 22% of the time. And we're playing seven, eight rounds of this nonsense. Play a 10-minute three-on-three and then say tie game. Don't give the extra point until the end of the 10-minute three-on-three. And then if it's tied, it's one point each. If someone wins... Two points for them, zero for the other team. That's it. 
Yeah, I mean the 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 game against the Kings the other night, you know, the 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 overtime was up and down, you know, good chances both ways and then to have it go to a shootout and lose, it was completely anticlimactic. I mean, it was yeah. just it was terrible watching that after watching that overtime and and one team ends up losing on on that, which is, you know, it's a skills competition thing. It's not actual yeah, hockey. It's not it's not. So, it, no. it's like it's like deciding a baseball game with like a home run derby or something. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. Uh no. Uh, so I don't like it. Uh, I think they should. Uh, I think they should take your advice and go to a ten-minute five-on-three. They probably won't because of the you know players getting hurt and you know whatever it is. Yeah, but so there'll be some freaking excuse. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some kind of excuse for something about that. But they they really do need to uh, to figure out a way so that the shootout really isn't that important to, or is gone altogether. Yeah, I mean I I agree. I just don't. I don't love it. Um, I just don't, I think, and, and people are all, I just don't know how that's, it's not that entertaining. And I know the Bruins suck at it, so that's probably part of it, but it's not even that. Like, you just watch the Ottawa, you know, Talbot's making save after save, and, and then Swayman's making great saves, and it's just up and down, and then... Okay, now we're gonna do all the shootout, and Pasternak's gonna shoot it in the guy's fucking pads. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, whatever. I don't know. Um, all right, Bruins Benders power rankings for this week. Uh, the L.A. Kings come in at number seven. They re-enter six two and two in their last ten. New Jersey Devils have struggled a bit. They've lost twice to the Bruins in the last five days. Uh, they dropped two spots. Uh, to six, number five, Dallas back in seven, two, and one in the last ten. Sneaky good team in Dallas, as we've talked about over and over. Uh, number four, the Vegas Golden Knights are just five and five in their last ten, and the top three has not changed. Toronto's won three in a row at three. Carolina's won nine in a row at two, and they are still, I think, the the team that would give Boston the most trouble in a series. Still, I agree with you, one hundred percent. And then Boston's number one at 28, four, and three. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the t- those top teams uh, have really been, yet, been there most of the year. You know, Dallas, Vegas, Jersey, Toronto, Carolina, Boston, uh, the top mm-hmm. six, really. Uh, I don't think much will change there. Uh, you mm-hmm. could see, you know, some other teams, you know, your Avalanche and, and Rangers and and so forth, maybe sneak in there a little bit. But, uh, you know, those teams have been pretty good all year long. Yeah, for sure. So let's take a look at the Bruins, Benders, Power, Less rankings. These are the teams that wish they were in the other rankings. <laughs> yes. But they're not because they're but bad. Yeah. Uh, so coming in at number 30 is Columbus. They've lost six in a row. And Johnny Hockey has got to be just kicking himself, saying, oh, why on earth? earth that i signed with this team I mean, my god they are bad just oh my Lord, just bad. bad very very bad uh crippled with injuries uh but bad nonetheless mm-hmm. uh coming in at number 31 the chicago blackhawks who are in full-on tank mode and they unlike columbus know how to tank they are one and nine in their last 10 and they inexplicably traded alex to who should have been a foundational piece for them Shall going we? forward Unbelievable, really is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, uh, of all the guys, ride with that guy. Yeah, I mean, you don't ride with that guy. Of all the guys to trade on your team, you trade the young star. That's who you trade. That's like trading Parsonak. You know, when you have yeah nobody as good as him. Yeah, Yeah, his age doesn't make doesn't make any sense at all. None, zero, 
Zero. Doesn't make any sense at all. And then coming in at number 32, your Montreal Canadiens, who have dipped a little of late. They have. They have. They're actually 26th overall now. They're plummeting. Maybe they're trying to maybe they're trying a little bit of a tank job, trying to get in on that whole tank of Palooza. But they are two six and two in their last ten, and just struggling now mightily. And 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 we we really enjoy it. We love to see it. Apologies to Knuckles, but we love to see Montreal take it in the keister. Oh, we love the hell out of it. We, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, Montreal is, is slipping and, and might legitimately be 32 in another couple of weeks, <laughs> which would be nice. It would be. Um, not that it matters. No. Uh, all right. Prospect Spotlight. The aforementioned Mason Lowry, who we would both uh, deal in a heartbeat, uh, is playing. In the right Ohio deal. State in University. the right deal. I'm not just trading him to trade him. Right. I'm right, not trading right. him for, you know, Carson Kuhlman or anything. So let's no, let's get no, that no. out of the way. We're trading him no. to get a legit stud back in return. We're not just we're no. not just getting rid of him because he sucks. No. We're getting rid of him to get a really, really good player in return. Especially top four D in return for him. Like that's a good trade because yeah. you don't know if Lorraine will get there. You don't. But you know that Chikrin is. Yes. So you do that deal. You Correct. Do that deal. Correct. Um and, and Mason this year has yet to score a goal, but he does have fifteen points in twenty games for the Ohio State University. He was twelve and seven this year. Struggling a little bit, but they're in a really I mean, obviously the Big Ten conference. Oh yeah. Uh, Stacked. Some, some, Friggin' juggernauts in there. Uh, but Lowry does have 15 assists um, and is playing heavy, heavy minutes, like, you know, 30 minutes a game mm-hmm. for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are off until, I think, uh, early January. They have a, a break here. But uh, so Lowry will be interesting to see if he, I would assume he would leave after his sophomore year. I think so. Um, and I think he will. And I think you'll see him in Providence probably next season, mm-hmm. I would assume. Unless he's traded. Unless he's traded, yeah, and then he might be in Arizona next yeah. year, playing you at Ari- playing at the Arizona State University, <laughs> right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, playing in front of less of a crowd than the Buckeyes, yeah, exactly yeah, right. Sure. Uh, all right, week ahead for the Bruins, December thirty first, New Year's Eve at home against Buffalo. If the Bruins win that game, then they will go uh, into the new year without a home regulation loss if they can beat Buffalo on December 31st. And then on January 2, the Winter Classic at Fenway Park against John Henry's Pittsburgh Penguins and Sid Crosby in a Pittsburgh Penguins team who blew a 4-0 lead tonight and lost 5-4 to Detroit at home. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh still scares me a little bit because, you know, any any team with Crosby in it, they're, they're going to come do. to play. Uh, they have some speedy forwards who, who know how to play with Rust yeah. and, and some other yeah. guys. So yeah. uh, Malkin, obviously. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. Um, so hopefully, you know, the Bruins can uh, be can win these next couple. You know, Tage Thompson, obviously, with Buffalo too, having a ridiculous oh, sure. year ridiculous. uh third third uh third fourth in the league in points at this point with uh mm. like 24 26 goals something like that and just uh mm. playing out of his mind right now uh coming off a really good year last year and and backing it up with a with a really good start to this season 
Yeah, for sure. And Buffalo actually is is kind of slipped down the standings, mm-hmm. but they still have a positive goal differential. Positive like, goal differential, and I think they're yeah. above five hundred still. They're like sixteen yeah, they or fourteen or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, they are. So they yeah. they're certainly uh, you know a team that can on the come come up and bite you. Yeah, yeah they are. Um, all right, go to insidetherink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. You can subscribe to alerts for your favorite team. We're on TikTok. Over 3,500 views on our Nylon little uh, snippet about uh, breaking his ankle uh, before the 1991 All-Star game. That's pretty funny. Uh, so check that out at Bruins Benders Podcast on TikTok. Please rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on the podcast platforms and sign up for ESPN Plus at insidetherink.com slash ESPN And that will do it for this episode of the Bruins Benders podcast. The last one before the new year. We appreciate everybody listening. Have a great new year, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.